Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Screen Picks Movie Podcast. I am your host, Kip Bowen. We've got a great show for you today, leading into the 4th of July weekend. Uh, Hope everyone is staying cool in this sort of massive heat wave that's going around. But uh, we got some good movies to talk about. Um, Actually, just three so far. Just three, actually, this weekend. Uh, Two opening in theaters and one streaming. But we'll start with the first biggie. Uh, it is the latest in the Purge installments franchise. It's called the Forever Purge. Uh, let me read the description here. All the rules are broken. Oh, I forgot to introduce Joel. <laughs> My brain is just not. I'm already in. I'm already in the weekend mode. You know what I'm saying, Joel? Joel Amos yes. from TheMovieMensch.com. Hello, Joel. <laughs> Thank you for Hello. joining us. Hello. Of course. Hi. Of course. Always, my very, very good friend. Anyway, so back to Forever Purge. Um, All the rules are broken as a sect of lawless marauders decide that the annual purge does not stop at daybreak and instead should it never end. Uh, It stars um, Anna de de la Riguria. How do you say it? (laughs) Anna de la Riguria, maybe. Josh yes. Lucas, Will Patton, uh, Cassidy Freeman, uh, Tinoche Her- Herrera, uh, Susie Ab- Abramit, um, uh, Old Levin Rambin. Gosh, these names are hard to pronounce today. Um, but again, like like I said, it's sort of the latest in the uh, in the franchise. But I'll let Jewel start us off. What did you think of the Forever Purge? You know, it's an interesting thing it's it's rare that a, that a franchise will will like literally destroy its landscape um when mm-hmm. it has a good thing going and essentially i think this has to be it and so i, I got to give them some props for you know knowing when to to say when and mm-hmm. and and in so doing i i thought it really uh now, yeah, we've changed administrations, but there's still a sentiment out there um, that believes a lot of what these people who are taking over the country and the forever purge believe. So I feel like this movie really, they've all been rather pointed, but I feel like this one was the most pointed. Um, yeah. and, and as a whole, it was, it was kind of hard to watch. I mean, I, I couldn't look away. Uh, I didn't move the whole time I watched it. To say I liked it is, is, is a weird thing because it's so just drippingly violent and yeah. just no holds barred. I mean, it, it is basically there is no one is safe, no place is safe. Um, I mean, even just trying to get into Mexico is, is like the most harrowing thing, um, which I find so ironic because we are talking about illegal immigration and all the people coming from Latin America and Mexico to the United States and how people are getting all worked up about that. And here we have a movie where these people are trying to cleanse America. And I just felt like it was very topical. Uh, and they usually are. But this one felt especially piercing to me. And um, I thought it was pretty heavy. Uh, and I thought 
you know, some of it, like Josh Lucas having an issue with the Mexican ranch hand who has a way with horses, I, I saw that those two becoming close. Um, you know, that, uh, it's like a neon sign that, that was advertised. There's nothing really surprising about the nitty-gritties of the plot, but overall I thought it was pretty intense. You know what? I had the same reaction. Um, I, you know, I guess all of these Purge movies have had their own sort of, you know, um, this is what, the fourth one? The fourth one, right? Fifth. Fifth? Fifth. Okay. God. Um, oh, that's right. All right. Okay, now I, I got it in my head now. Um, you know, the first one was kind of, a, you know, just a straight-up horror film with, you know, the the same kind of, uh, you know, people coming in masks and basically, you know, trying to murder you kind of thing. So that was that was what that was. The second one was probably my favorite out of all of them, the Frank Grillo one, where, you know, you're in the streets of Los Angeles, so now you, you kind of see how the purge works, you know, and trying to survive the night, uh, being stuck outside, you know, all of those kinds of things. And we get a little bit more, you know, we get a little bit more uh, in-depth on why the purge is happening and the rich and blah, blah, blah. The third and fourth one were, you know, were okay, kind of following that same through line. And I guess after the fourth one, I, I think the purge basically is disbanded, or they stopped doing it, or however I can't remember exactly, but I think there was, you know, the, the rebellion basically ends it. Um, and so now we start the beginning of this one, and like you said, it's like uh, it's just coming out of. Um, coming at a time when when it's just scary out there and it's and it's it you know it, this this movie mirrors that so basically you know yeah. we started this movie saying that the level of hate is has or violence has sort of increased uh because of you know all of the divided and whatnot going on in division and whatnot going on in the country and so we've but we've reinstituted the purge to help, you know, like, you know, the idea of the purge was, oh, you have one night to just kill whoever you want to and good luck kind of thing on people who need to stay safe. But um, this definitely took it up another level because, honestly, you know, (laughs) not to say that this would ever really happen, like, quite the way it does in this film, but it could happen, and it kind of scared me more than even the first one did, this one did. Uh, Just the idea of it. the movie itself is pretty standard. You know, there's not a whole lot of um, surprises and whatnot going on in the film itself, you know. I mean, so if you if we're reviewing the film as a film, it was, you know, there wasn't anything outstanding about it uh, above and beyond what, what the story was. Um, yeah, so Josh Lucas' character, I kind of liked him the, the most because, you know, he had to kind of get over his own prejudices. Um you know, but it's it's basically watching a group, another group of people try to survive this horrible, you know, mess that's happening and getting out of the country. I mean, you literally have to get out of the country to uh, yep. to survive any of this. Um, so all of that was, you know, again, very tense. I mean, I, these movies definitely keep, get you on edge and whatnot. But uh, so as a film, I thought it was pretty, you know, it was okay, just average. I mean, it was it was it was what it was. But the idea of it scared the hell out of me. <laughs> just yeah, scared the hell out of me. And you know, I don't know if this is a good thing to watch or not a good. I don't know. I mean, what's your what's your take on 
this coming out now? <laughs> well, I, I of... think it it's they've certainly picked July Fourth weekend on purpose. Um, yeah. You know, uh, the whole idea of the, the the new founding fathers that have been a part of this world since the beginning, and um, uh, I I don't. I don't think that's a coincidence that they picked July 4th weekend. Um, right. Uh, it, it is, yeah, it, it's it's really, uh, it just hits you. And then, yeah, like, as far as uh, a, a film goes, like I said before, so a lot of it is very predictable. But right. that being said, I mean, when it was over, I felt like I got hit in the head with a shovel. Um and that that's that's something for a movie to achieve that, and it's it's a, also a very strange thing for a movie to achieve that, given the fact that the construct of the movie was 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 very predictable. Uh, I thought the performances were great. I thought the relationship between the, the Mexican couple was really yeah. the heart of the movie. Uh, you were really pulling for those guys. Um, Josh Lucas, I thought was great because he has such a likable persona. To see him play somebody mm-hmm. that's prejudiced was really hard to watch, but I mean, there are people out there who agree with what he he espouses. Um, so yeah, I mean that that part was just it was just kind of frightening, and you know it makes you kind of worry for this this country that a movie could come out that would really touch a nerve like this. Um, yeah. And and then you watch the nightly news, and they're basically talking about democracy is is really in trouble. And yeah. you start to think, my gosh, something like this could happen. Um, and I think that's I probably that's, what makes it that's so, so scary. scary. <laughs> yep. That's um, what I'm saying. It is. And it's just, you know, there is hope. Um, you know, we don't want to give too much away, yep. but there is sort of yep. a hopeful ending to it. Um yeah, and also, yeah. I also loved the, uh, the the Mexican couple, like we were talking about, and how you know they came to America as as many immigrants do, coming and looking for their you know their piece of the pie, their their way to you know live a life and have a good life, and you know have jobs and work and have a house and all of that, that which they couldn't get wherever they came from, and in this case, Mexico. But how that that you know, particularly the Anna um, character. Uh, Anna Adela is her name in the movie. You know, she's clearly has, they probably both have seen a lot of violence in their lives coming from, you know, the cartels, the drug cartels who would come after them and that kind of thing. So there was sort of that, that parallel in a way that they, they are not immune to violence themselves, even though now they've moved to a country where they, uh, you know, where they have this thing, this purge. Um, so I thought that was very interesting as well, that kind of take on it. Um, but, yeah, it is. It just kind of scared the hell out of me. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think for Purge fans who love the movies, you know, you're pretty much going to get what, what you ask for. Uh, but I think the underlying feeling is just one of kind of terror. <laughs> I mean, I would give this probably three stars, three and a half stars. How about you? Uh, As a movie, yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah, three, three and a half. I, I would go three and a half. It, it, it like I said, it's a weird dichotomy because, like, as a film, it's, it's just okay. But 
as a message, right. it's an it's an anvil <laughs> to the head. It is. Um, it is. So there you have it. And I guess, you know, the, the franchise itself has kind of been building towards something like this, but the fact that the world is, you know, from the time this these this film, this concept started to where we are now, it just seems, you know, yeah. like they're they're foretelling the future kind of thing and it's yeah, frightening. Yeah. All right. So anyway. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, moving on, we're gonna talk about a little lighter. Boss Baby Two, the Boss Baby family business. Now, I didn't get a chance to see this, or, nor did I see the first one. So, uh, but it looked cute to me. Um, I guess this time around, the Templeton brothers have become adults and drifted away from each other. But a new Boss Baby with a cutting edge approach is about to bring them together again and inspire a new family business. Uh, the vocal cast is pretty outstanding. We've got Alec Baldwin once again playing Theodore Templeton, James Marston, Amy Sedaris, uh, Eva Longoria, Jimmy Kimmel, Lisa Kudrow, Jeff Goldblum. There's a whole slew of great voices. Um, so tell us about the Boss Baby family business. <laughs> uh, okay. Now, this we've we, this show we've talked a lot about how animation has evolved and in the last several years mm-hmm. some of our you know best movies have been animated i mean heck the, the hollywood critics just gave if i'm not mistaken best screenplay to the mitchells versus the machine for their mid-season awards Woo-hoo! so yeah they they you know they've come a long way now that being said we still occasionally get animated movies that are geared just towards kids and there really is not much there for adults to cling to and that is this movie um, I, I, it knows its audience and it's firmly planted on its audience. I mean, it, there's, it's a hard movie to review because in, in my review, I, I broke it down into like an adult's grade and the kid's grade. And for <laughs> us adults, it's like a C, but for kids, it's like an A. I mean, they're going to love okay. it. I mean. The, the 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 selling point here is, is, and it was with the first one is Alec Baldwin as a baby um, talking like a, a big guy who's a, a business whiz and that you could watch all day long. I mean that yes is entertaining. What's amazing and 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 is actually rather enjoyable is there are scenes with him and Jeff Goldblum's character and Jeff Goldblum is. Very much Jeff Goldblum, um, but he's our bad guy, and oh. he is he is a a, a bad guy. Um, I can't say why because that would really give it away, kind of what the crux of the movie is about. But let's just say that he is not he's not cool. Um, but <laughs> it's so funny because uh, the, the the boys from the first movie have grown up. And you're thinking, how on earth are they going to make them babies again? And then, you know, Tim is a little bit older. Um, and, and that is completely, I mean, not believable, because obviously it couldn't really happen, but I bought it. You know, I was like, okay, I'm, I got gotcha. you. Um, but what's crazy is is the baby that, that Tim has that, that's, that works for Baby Corps is voiced by Amy Sedaris, and she is right there with Alec Baldwin. Uh, in, in the vocal prowess department. And it's crazy because I spent the entire movie not knowing it was her. I thought it was Megan Maloney. 
uh, for Will and Grace. And so I was like, yo, go, Megan. And then at the end of the movie, they're like, Amy Sedaris. I'm like, oh. And, <laughs> like, that is an incredible performance. When you can give her performance and you have no idea who the voice person is. So I, I, there's, like, a real – this is another movie, that like, like kind of like The Purge, where it's like a split review where, you know, there's the movie itself and then there's, like, you know, what I thought of the movie itself and then what it's geared towards. And I think that it right. succeeds in what it's geared towards, which is kids. And kids will love it. And I, I'll never forget um, being on a plane, going to New York in 2017. And my daughter, who was four then, watched the whole first movie, um, mm. didn't move. And like four-year-olds on a plane, like just don't sit still. So I'm like, what is she watching? Um, so... <laughs> This is definitely a kid's movie for kids. There's a few things that adults can kind of cling to. But, you know, there were a couple of times where I wanted to get up or walk around or maybe pause it and leave. And so it's kind of as a movie, it was a bit painful. But it's mm-hmm. not for me. So, I mean, that's what did kind of one of those. What did she think the second one? I haven't seen it yet. Oh, she hasn't seen it. Okay. No. I'm curious if she'll love it as much, but. All right, well, that makes sense. So as a movie itself, you say pretty much like a, a four-and-a-half star for kids and maybe a two-star for an adult, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Well, you know, I'm probably not going to watch it, so that's okay. I, I don't have to, and that's, you know, <laughs> you got you got a chance to review it, and thank you for doing that for us. Um, okay, so moving on, we're going to talk about the last movie, actually. It's streaming on Amazon Prime. It's called The Tomorrow War. Uh, so it's Chris Pratt as a family man who's drafted to fight in a future war where the fate of humanity relies on his, on his ability to confront the past. Also stars uh, Yvonne uh, Stravowski, J.K. Simmons, Betty Gilpin, Sam Richardson again from Werewolves Open. Uh, Edwin Hodge, you know, I kept looking at this actor going, my God, that looks like Aldous Hodge. Is it Aldous Hodge? No, it's his brother, Edwin Hodge. So I went, okay, well, that makes sense. I didn't know that there were brothers that were acting that way but uh, in the acting booth. But um, I'll, start us, I'll start us off on this one. Um, you know, I really kind of, I loved the premise of it. I thought the idea of it was pretty cool. And I would say the first, like, well, maybe, like, 40 minutes of the movie, I was in it. I was down. I mean, the idea that, you know, in 30 years in, in the future, we're fighting some horrible war against really horrible-looking aliens, by the way. <laughs> what did they call them? White claws? No, what did they call them? White stripes? Yeah. 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 Ugh. God, they were horrible. Um you know, and that, that somehow we've, you know, uh, we've dis- designed some sort of a time travel machine where we have to go back 30 years to, like, literally institute the draft <laughs> to get people to come over and fight this war, which kind of seems a little odd in a way, but I still, I was okay with that. I was in the universe. I was, I was going for it. So then when, of course, you know, Chris Pratt plays this high school uh, science teacher who has had a... Uh, I guess maybe a special ops pass in his, you know, like military 
career in his past, or he certainly has served and whatnot. So he knows his way around a gun, obviously, and, you know, in a military operation. So then he is drafted, uh, which, you know, upsets his wife and young daughter because <laughs> they don't want to see him go. Um, so you got all of that happening. And then, you know, when they actually do, that was probably the most, and I read that that was a very amazing scene to sequence to shoot, is when they actually go through the time thing and end up landing how they land. And I'm like, I was really just, I was on the edge, right? And then it, then it becomes, you know, a, a movie about fighting aliens. Um, you know, there's a bit of a twist to it, which, of course, we won't give it away, but... Um, you know, the, the, the military in the future, you know, they're, they don't really have a whole lot of, uh, options, but they do kind of come up with a, a plan of, of some kind to sort of destroy them. And then, then that's when I kind of fell, fell apart for me, uh, is this latter half of the film. Because, I don't know, I mean, it was, I, I guess I understand the idea that, you know, maybe you could go back to your present day and maybe try to change the future, or I'm sure that's, but, but why wasn't that already happening? I mean, there was just a lot of open, gaping holes that started to appear in the uh, in the plot for me, and it just kind of lost me. It lost me, um, which unfortunately is, is, you know, not, not what I wanted. I kind of, I was because so, I was so into it at first. Um, but, you know, Chris Pratt plays kind of the same character he's been playing for a while, and, um, you know, he's very effective at it. I thought he was, I thought he was great. And he and J.K. Simmons sort of play a, a strange father and son, and J.K. is always great no matter what you do. Of course, Sam Richardson, again, like we said, from Werewolves Went End, I think he's thrown into this to be the sort of comic relief, and he was at this point. And then Yvonne uh, Stravowski, she's, you know, it's kind of hard to me, for me to look at her right now because I, I just finished watching The Handmaid's Tale and she's just so, like, ugh in that to me. So it's hard for me to look at her and be sympathetic. But, um, you know, she also play, can play a badass. So she does a nice job with that. But, yeah, it was just, it just couldn't hold on to what it was trying to do. And maybe there was too much, you know, bit off too much than it, than it could provide, deliver maybe. I don't know. But... That last half just kind of lost me a little bit when he comes back to present day and, and then, you know, trying to turn around and do do something. And I, I know there's a horror sort of family element to it, but that didn't really grab my heart that much. Um, I don't know. I was I was a little disappointed with it overall. How about you? <laughs> um, it, it kind of works for me. Um, I, I thought that, that a couple things, the premise you know, we've seen a million alien invasion movies and I got to give some props because this was a very unique take on it. And also the creature design team uh, deserves some serious props because uh, we've seen a million aliens uh, and this, these, these aliens were just crazy and scary and unlike anything you've ever seen. Um, uh, Is it me before you, before you, I was going to say, uh-huh. is it me or is the aliens starting to get scarier and scarier? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. They have and, to top and, the bar. They have to top the bar on the alien thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and and so I, I I was I was down with this, and 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 it's and I I know we've had you know 
popcorn movies appear on streaming before. But this, to me, felt like a bit of a, of a, a game changer. I mean, this, from the beginning, was an Amazon movie. It was never going to go to the theaters. It was always, you yeah. know, a $150 million sci-fi action movie that was just going to play on Amazon. And I, and I, right. I think that this, you know, you can, theaters are starting to come back. You can put your movie in the theaters or you could do streaming. I mean, there's just, there's so many options. The world has changed. And I think that this movie it comes along at a certain time where it really kind of makes a statement that, you know, you can make a movie like this and just have it air on, on Amazon or Netflix or Hulu or whatever. Um, but that being said, I mean, I saw it several weeks ago for um, the the press day, um, which right. I didn't actually end up being able to attend, but I saw it a while ago. And I was kind of in eh when I saw it. And then I've actually learned, not learned, but I've, liked it more as the weeks have gone by. Um, and mm-hmm. I'm realizing that some of the things that they did at the beginning was so that they could circle back to it at the end. And right. like the whole J- disgruntled father thing works with JK. Um, now I, I gotta say IMDB is kind of gives, there's a couple of spoilers on the tomorrow war page um, I won't say what they are, but um, the, the whole the whole bit with Chris Pratt and his daughter and how what kind of world are we leaving our kids if there is no world to leave them? I I gotta go and help save the future. Um, right. And you know the, the way he was with his daughter. I mean that that works for me. Um, I thought Betty Gilpin from Glow was utterly wasted. Um, oh, totally. I mean, she is, she is so much better than just the wife waiting at home. And can we just do something about the wife waiting at home character? Like, <laughs> give her something more to do. Um, I mean, we have all these amazing actresses, and women are making such progress, but yet we still have the woman waiting at home for her man. And and I just think that is just. She can still do that, but, like, give her something to do or put her into the plot somehow that she she needs to be, you know, a, a help in this. Or maybe it's her that comes up with the idea that cracks the code, that wins the war, or, you know, whatever. Give her something. Um, but just it was just such a waste to see her just kind of wailing there because they don't give her anything to do. Um, nope. But, you know, for a, a, a sit-at-home popcorn movie – in the summer, uh, crank the AC, make that popcorn, and, and, uh, and I'd say it's overall, <laughs> it's, it's, it's rather enjoyable. Yeah, I mean, I guess I was a little harsh on it. I, I definitely, you know, thought the action and everything, and it was pretty spectacular overall, you know. It kind of reminded me of Edge of Tomorrow in a way, you know, that for me, that's one of my favorite, you know, kind of yeah. action movies of this ilk. Um, but... Uh, you know, I, I definitely enjoyed all of that. I just felt like it kind of lost steam with what it was going for. It could have done, you know, I mean, the, the first part of it, there's all those sort of issues, like, like the, you know, mandated draft. That was, well, I thought that was interesting, you know. It's like they're forcing people to to go do this, you know, even though it's almost, they're only supposed to be gone for like a week. But, you know, I mean, <laughs> the minute they land on this new 
future, it's like, yikes. There's no, it's going to be really hard to live through this. Uh, and you're like counting the time down to, till, uh, until you have to leave again. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I thought all of that was just, not only was it exciting to watch the action, but also just sort of a fascinating take on, on this thing. Um, but then when he goes back, that's like I said, it was just kind of, I guess I, I understand where it went and I was okay with it. It just sort of lost steam for me a little bit because it was so compelling, compelling to me at the, at the beginning. Anyway, that's just my take, you know, on it. But again, like you said, absolutely worth watching as a popcorn movie and it is, you know, taking streaming movies to another level as well. I mean, it's just really kind of one of those things where, they're just going to start making movies for the Netflix and the primes of the world, you know? Uh, and that's a really interesting, you know, deal. That's like when we've been talking about this for a while now, but I feel like, you know, I feel like it's, uh, it just keeps getting better on, on that end for me anyway. Um, so what would you give tomorrow war then as a rating one to five stars? Uh, three and a half. And, and, and I got to say, actually, uh, the director, Chris McKay, I mean, this is his live action mm-hmm. debut. He did the Lego Batman movie. Um, uh, yes. And his background is in animation. And, and this is a pretty big flick to make your first live action uh, effort. And I thought he did pretty well. Yeah, I think so, too. Absolutely. So, yeah. I'd probably give a little less, a little um, three stars for me on this, but um, agreed that there's a lot of fun stuff to watch, and then it's definitely a, a good weekend movie to watch. So that should do it for us for this uh, for this Fourth of July weekend. Like I said, not not a um, you know whole time coming out, but uh, clearly I think uh, the F9, which like we said, did really well last weekend in the box office even though it sucks as a movie. It'll, it'll carry through, I'm sure, to this weekend and Forever Purge. Again, I, <laughs> I'm just a little nervous about the movie overall. But, yeah, definitely one to, to look for in the theaters. Plus, then we've got, uh, you know, a couple of things streaming, including Tomorrow War. So, lots to choose from. Uh, next week, uh, I think we've got, um, is it is it, uh, is it Black Widow next Black. week? Is that next yeah. week? Black Widow. Yeah. Black Widow. Finally a Marvel movie. (laughs) I mean, of course, we've had our nice Marvel fix with our Disney Plus shows. So excited, like when WandaVision came out. I was like, finally, it's Marvel in my life. And now now we got a movie to go with it. So we're excited about to talk about that. So that should do it. Thanks again, Joel, for joining us. And I'd like to plug Joel's uh, website, themoviemensch.com, that you can read his reviews there. Um, and we shall see you guys next week. Uh, Have a great 4th of July weekend. Everyone stay safe and cool. Talk to you all soon. Bye.